Here's my idea for a fucking sport. I knock a ball in a gopher hole. Oh, you mean like pool? Fuck off, pool! Not with a straight stick, with a little fucked up stick. I whack the ball that goes in a gopher hole. Oh, you mean like croquet? Fuck croquet! I put the whole hundreds of yards away! Oh, fuck out of here! It's great fun there! Oh, yeah, that's a great thing! Oh, like a bowling thing? Fuck no! Not straight, I put shit in the way! Like trees and bushes and high glass! So you can lose your fucking ball and go whacking away with a fucking tire iron! Whacking away and each time you miss you feel like you're gonna have a stroke! Fuck! That's what we'll call it! A stroke, cause every time you miss you feel like you're gonna fucking die! Oh, great! Oh, here's a bit of fun. Oh, fuck, this is brilliant. Right near the end, I'll put a flat piece with a little flag to give you fucking hope. <laughs> but then I'll put a pool and a sandbox to fuck with your ball again. <laughs> ah, you'll be there trashing your ass, jerking away in the sand. <laughs> On you do this one time. Fuck no! <laughs> Eighteen fucking times! This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. Championship is here. I know this crap golf where these courses are just allowing anybody to score. It's ridiculous. The scoring that we've watched the last few weeks, this isn't PGA Tour golf. This isn't what we pay to see. We are finally home. Home to the birth of our favorite sport. No gimmicks, no jokes. No shenanigans and most definitely no clowning around as Royal St. George plays host to the Open Championship. Sandwich is going to eat this field alive. PGA DFS is anxious and the cut line is ready to break it down. But first, hello Canada, hello Australia, hello USA. Special shout out to the UK and how much fun those guys are going to be having this weekend. If you're new to the show... Douchebag says what? 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 <laughs> and a big, huge welcome back to returning listeners. Oh, and remember, next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter in the Open Championship would be my favorite major if it were just on television at a reasonable hour. Come on! Time change is killing me. And if one could easily travel across the pond, that's the goal someday, I would be there. But nevertheless, the show must go on and excited to break down the Open Championship at Royal St. George's. But before I do that, a little bit of sharing from 2019 
It is the worst beat in DFS. It's not really technically a bad beat that I've ever had, but still in the 20 max, I'll, I'll remember this always. 17 of 20 lineups had six of six and I didn't sniff top 10 with any of them. Didn't even sniff it. Didn't touch it. Drove me crazy. It was a very profitable weekend. Don't get me wrong, but we're in it to win it. Come on, man. All right. Enough talking. The cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Open Championship at Royal St. George's Golf Club. We will do the best we can. What is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? I guess it's all that pumping. Pump and dump. To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sun traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. Ah! 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 And the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lined up at the green, but so is your bankroll. We are going to give you winning lineups, smashing lineups, cashing lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names and getting everyone's favorite six of six golfers through... The cut line. Cha-cha-cha. And as always, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide for PGA fans and golf enthusiasts. Fantasy National is helping draftees create unique lineups based on key stats and analysis. Trying to figure out why your lineups are struggling week in and week out? More than likely, it's because you're not using those analytics. But when it comes to Wednesday night in preparation for who I'm going to play that weekend... I go to fansharesports.com. Fansharesports.com not only has the most elite ownership in the industry, they have plenty of stats, analysis, breakdowns, and trends in every which way to gain leverage to the field at this weekend's tournament. So, easy fix. Go to fansharesports.com. After you fill out all your information, go into the discount code, write the word cut line, and you'll receive 20% off your monthly membership. 20% off your monthly membership. Take advantage. So the Open Championship is right around the corner, and the star-studded field has seen plenty of winners, including Tiger Woods, Molinari, Stenson, Speed Sink. But the question is, who's next? Who is going to win next? Before we go into the course breakdown, I want to point out some key aspects about the Open Championship. The number is 22 That's the number of times someone from Europe or the U.S. has not won the Open. Only 22 times has that occurred. So keep that in mind when you're trying to roster players this weekend that the U.S. and Europe dominate this event. This is a tournament that's been around for 147 tournaments. 148. So it's it's kind of glaring to say that if they're not from Europe or they're not from U.S., they're probably not going to win. Odds are. So these winners come from Africa, totaling 11, nine from Australia, and one from New Zealand, and one from South America. Point is, you want to be cautious with who you're rostering that isn't from Europe. Now, another trend. Five of the last seven champions all prepared for the Open by playing in the Scottish Open, a Lynx-style course just the week before. So, make sure that you guys are doing your double checking. So, about the Royal St. George's Golf Club. The PGA Tour has finally returned home 
to the golf club that plays host to the Open Championship for the 15th time. This is a real links challenge with rolling fairways, a punishing rough, undulating greens, and bunkers so daunting that the pros will do everything they can to avoid them. This is a true links style course. Try not to be fooled by what has been seen in the U.S. And as the links style courses here just don't seem to compare to the gravitas of what is found across the pond. The rough will be severe, strategy will be impeccable, and every aspect of a golfer's game needs to be on point. The Open is a true testament of a golfer's skill over four days. So don't target the bombers, unless that's the strategy you're going with this week. Don't target the approach players, unless that's the strategy you're going with this week. I think they need all facets of the game to dominate. Now, this is a perfect moment to point out that too many touts will probably attempt to play the, the bomb and gouge route. But the truth is that plenty of short players will simply be fine here. They'll be just fine. Shorter hitters will attempt to hit the semi-rough and then run the ball up onto the green. Evidence can be seen in the last four open winners as Lowry, Molinari, Spieth, and Stenson utilized the same strategies in their victories. You hit the ball low here. You run the ball to large green complexes. And you hope to God that the wind is on your back. On the 239 par 3. Now the last time Royal St. George's was on the open rotation was back in 2011 when Darren Clark won the tournament at minus 5. We'll see how modern golf equipment will attempt to dissect this course. Off the tee, golfers will be faced with fairway bunkers. Bunkers so deep that the wrong landing might force a pro into an impossible shot. So, in addition, aim will be as critical as swirling winds will make each hole incredibly challenging. It's one of the most incredible aspects of this course. The background is always changing, and so is the wind direction. Pinpoint control off the tee is essential. Any wayward tee shots, it could lead to double bogey or worse. On all approach shots, any ball hit towards the side of the putting surfaces will fall away from the green. This is precise ball striker's course. This is a course that requires distance. This is a course that every type of player can play well at and that's what makes the open so special there's no single stat that is going to be predominantly important this weekend a player that does hit the green will have to manage subtle breaks but there is still little room for error because even though the speed won't be cranked up like we would see at augusta it is going to be cranked up for a major now there's no easy birdies on this course and every hole has the opportunity for double or worse just ask dustin johnson who botched his potential win here at royal st george's back in 2011 Laidlaw Purves was your architect, bent grass with some fescue in there, mainly fescue probably at this point in time. Green size is about 6,000 square feet, 12,000 plus fast greens. The length is 7,204 yards at a par 70. Our water hazards, none. Our waste area, 100 plus, plentiful. Looking at the weather here, up ahead, it's windy. That's what it is. It's windy. That's what's going to happen. All right. You have... No rain right now in the forecast, any severe rain, but you are going to have to manage with some severe winds. There is no tea time, you know, let up. You might, you might get some changes though in the weather as the, as the weekend changes. So for those of you that love showdowns, make sure that you guys are paying attention to that. So past winners, we'll look at the last eight. Lowry in 2019, Molinari in 2018, Spieth in 2017, Stinson in 2016, Zach Johnson who had the withdraw 2015, Roy McIlroy in 2014, Phil in 2013, Ernie Els in 2012. One thing I do want to point out, Phil played pretty good here in 2011. So key stats, starter says strokes gain total, ball striking, scrambling, 
Playing difficult courses, I think, is very important. Bogey avoidance, win players, similar courses. We look at the Open Championship rotation. I look at something like Carnoustie as well. You know, just something that's just going to be violent to these golfers. And it's going to be totally, totally difficult. So, that's the course. But the question is, who are we going to play this weekend? He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this is the Birdie or Better segment where we will break down the top tier golfers from the 11K range all the way down to the 7K range. Want to point something out though, if you guys need additional help with the Open Championship this weekend, make sure you go to CutlineGolf.com. We have all your free DFS resources to help you build your best lineups, winning lineups. And... That's where you get nice little tidbits like the power rankings. You get my customized projections. You get the tournament model where you can look at certain stats and analytics. You get the simulator for free. You get my core four, the course report. It's all there. It's all viable. You can go to the driving range, read about your DFS tune-ups in case you're, you're struggling to build strong lineups. Whatever the case may be, it is all there. So cutlinegolf.com. Easy place to go to check it out. Now, we're going to straight into this weekend's tournament, and we're gonna start with this top tier. All right, we're not going to take the time to cover everybody in this price range from the 11K to the 7K. There's 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 too many golfers in the field. You guys know who the great players are. You should at least. Those of you guys who listen to this show seem to be pretty well informed. So, so we're not going to go into like the obvious plays. But one thing I want to point out in this top tier, Dustin Johnson is $10,400. He's the fourth highest priced golfer and arguably the best golfer of the bunch. Okay, he can, he can cut the ball any way he wants. He can hit it high. He can hit it low. He can... Curve the ball any, any way he wants. If he gets a putter that's going hot, he could utilize that. I don't understand why Dustin Johnson isn't getting more love. Because right now, we're looking at single-digit ownership at a major for Dustin Johnson. He's the only guy right now projecting for single-digit ownership up in this top tier. To me, that's insane. That's insane. This is a guy who, in 2011, I know it was way different Dustin Johnson, way different time, finished in second at this course. Open history, yeah, last five years, doesn't look nice. Ninth place in 2016. But this is an open rotation. Certain courses just don't play to players' eyes. All right. <sighs> Next guy I want to mention, though, is Rory McIlroy. Royal McIlroy, if you look at his history, missed the cut last year when it was in Ireland. Had an amazing second round, if you if you guys almost made the cut. Missed it by, like, on the number. It was pretty insane. But second in 2018, uh, fourth in 2017, fifth in 2016. Didn't, uh, couldn't play in 2015. The point being is that you look at Rory McIlroy, and, again, another guy getting low ownership, and a lot of people are using this recent form. And I get it. I get the concept of using recent form. I, I understand it. Like you look in, in terms of like, look at my custom stat model. Rory in his last, you know, 12 rounds is not looking like top 10 Rory. He's looking like in the middle of the pack. The last 24 rounds, he ranks 29th. 
Someone like Kepka. Kepka is improving in those in metrics, but he's at home. We are getting Rory McElroy at home at reduced ownership when people are going to be playing Rom. People are going to be paying down for Xander, and people are going to pay down all the way at 9700 for Spieth in that course history. In this 2021 version of Jordan Spieth, whatever the case may be, I get it. But if you want to get different this weekend, Stars and Scrubs might be the way to do it if you're going from a lineup construction standpoint. I don't recommend it because you just need to get lucky in that low 6K tier. But it'll immediately create different lineups for you this weekend. So um, other guys I like in this top tier, I most definitely like Brooks Kepka. I most definitely like Xander. And I, I like Rom. Like I, like I said, I'm not going to dive into this tier and say there's a bad play because I don't think there isn't. You could most definitely validate why they're going to have success this weekend. And in addition to that, you could see why they might fail. And I think that's one of the nice things about the PGA Tour and and watching things unfold. But now we get to the 9K range. And this is where you're going to have to make some tough choices. So first of all, when we we look at this, you got DeChambeau, who starts it off at 99. And you finish with Terrell Hatton at 9,000. I'm sitting in the middle. I'm going JT, Louie, and Colin Morikawa. I'm not going to touch Spieth. I'm not touching DeChambeau, even though DeChambeau is coming in at 5% ownership, which is insane to me. But I just don't like the concept of his approach game, losing the caddy, all these narratives, which, by the way, would be a reason to play him in 150 max. Most definitely throw him in. He's going to be contrarian. He's going to give you leverage to a lot of the field. Not quite sure on a single mat, single entry unless you're playing high risk. Um, 20 max, maybe. Maybe, but I wouldn't guarantee it. Anyways, Spieth right now is the chalk donkey. He's like 25, 26%. And it's a few things. The resurgence of his career this year, right? You look at his course history at the Open. One in 2017. Has two other top 10 finishes. 30th and 20th. And 9,700, if he finishes in top 10, it easily pays for itself. So we are looking at Jordan Spieth, a guy who can putt like crazy. Where I worry about, though, with Spieth, which doesn't seem like a big deal, but it always is to me. Can he lose it on the tee? He can make it up in a single round. Don't get me wrong. He can make it up. He's that good. But what if he does too much damage on one day? And it costs you. That's what you got to weigh, especially at 25% ownership. Okay. Justin Thomas now. Justin Thomas, one of the reasons I love Justin Thomas, unlike insanely difficult courses, in my projections model, JT finishes number two, just behind Dustin Johnson. In my overall stat model, number 23. In my aggregate model, number 22. Okay, so these are all solid options here to to, to just get him in your lineup. Um so, so make sure that you guys are, are focusing on that. In my confidence model, looking at JT specifically, number nine, he cracks that top 10, and so does Louis at number eight, and Colin Morikawa at number five. The point being is that Justin Thomas, you know, we, we saw him dominate the pl- players and kind of top 20 at the U.S. Open very quietly. Has two missed cuts here. Not going to get a lot of love because of that course history, but the fact is he's so good on tough courses, and I like Justin Thomas here. I think he could play well. I think you could see 
success. We've seen success at the U.S. Open, before, or excuse me, at the Open Championship. Finished 11th last year. So don't tell me that he can't play in windy conditions. All right, down to Louis. Louis is the man that we always want to win. We always tend to roster. Never seems to pull through, unfortunately. But needless to say, we play him at majors. It's where he shows up, where he always seems to just be a key insight. Has he won on PGA Tour? Yeah, of course he did. All right, he's won on PGA Tour before. He has done well here in terms of like majors. Oh, yeah, that's right. He won the Open Championship. His one PGA Tour win. Oh, Louis Oosthuizen. 2010, won the Open Championship. Probably going to take pieces of that. He shows up at majors, guys. Second at the Masters. Second at the PGA Championship. And a second at the U.S. Open. So to tell me that he doesn't show up for these tournaments is ridiculously insane. I'm going to take pieces of Louis again this weekend. I don't care if he comes up being major chalk. Still going to play him. Uh, last guy I want to mention is a debutant here, and that's Colin Morikawa. So I think he's going to come in with reduced ownership because of the fact that he doesn't have any history of playing at this particular major, which is fine. Um, I will take the debutant angle. I will take the reduced ownership, and I will throw him in some lineups, especially if he's coming in at like 10 12%. I'm going to take advantage of that. So go down to this 8K range, and the 8K range is kind of like where you're going to probably build a lot of your lineups and maybe start building from. But Cantley, Reed, Casey, Finau, Scheffler, Scott, Fleetwood, and Rose. Those are the guys that I really like. Guys I do not like are Zalatoris and Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson just never seems to play well in these style courses, just not his bag. And Zalatoris is just playing in terrible form. So I'm jumping off that bandwagon, and I'm not going to be touching any of that. No, thank you. No, Patrick Cantlay, he's been playing better. Okay, if you look at my overall stat model, you know, overall he ranks number two. But in the last 12 rounds, he ranks number four in my overall stat model. Aggregate model number three. Cantlay ranks number four in my confidence model. Of course, we want to know what could go wrong. What can go wrong with the great Patrick Cantlay in terms of his ability playing here? He's a solid win player. Solid on bent grass greens. Okay, where he struggles, when he struggles, it's around the green. It's with the short stick. Can't win majors like that. He did win at the Memorial. Gained four strokes around the green, gained almost three strokes putting. At the U.S. Open, we saw success, even though he lost strokes on approach. Finished top 15, 15th place, lost 1.4 strokes on approach. And then 13 at the Travelers. I like it. I like Cantlay this weekend. I know people don't like playing him because he always lets you down in some form or fashion, but Cantlay, lock him up. So we are looking now at Patrick Reed, who, disgustingly enough, is coming in at like 23, 24% ownership. And every time I want Reed to be sneaky good, sneaky quiet, he comes in at this 22, 23% ownership. It doesn't bother me. I'll eat that 23% ownership and get different elsewhere when I want to roster Reed. But it's Patrick Reed. The upside is there. We know how good he plays on tough courses. In my tough projection model, he ranks number 9. And then if you look at my overall stat model, number 13, 17th in my aggregate model, and 14th in my confidence model. When you look at him an approach, though, last tournament, lost something. But before that, was kind of like hovering. We've seen four or five made cuts. 
here at the Open Championship with one top 10, a 10th place last year, 28th miscut, 12th and 20th. So Patrick Reed at 8,800 is kind of like a, just a value gimme price. You've got to roster him. All right, next guy with a roster is Paul Casey. Paul Casey, again, another guy who's had success here in the past. At 8,600, though, he has to do better than he's done these last five years with an average finishing position of 48. So we are hoping for some improvement there. I would not go heavy on Paul Casey because, as we know, the putter gets cold, and that could lead to plenty of problems come entering the weekend. So he is coming quite popular for someone who's kind of just been out of form at 13%, but is what it is. Tony Finau, always popular, always a DFS darling. Maybe not as much as he was two or three years ago, but nevertheless, still fun to play. Ranks 39th, though, in my overall stat model. The lowest I have ever seen Finau rank and a major for me in my models. But you look at his course history, 1st, 9th, 27th, and 18th in the last four years. Looking pretty solid there, if you guys are valuing that. In terms of Vegas, Vegas has him ranked at 50-1. to all right, to put that in comparison, Zalatoris is 80 to 1, and he's priced higher than him. Put that in further comparison, Adam Scott is 80 to 1, priced at 8,100. So he's kind of hovering in that 50 to 1 range. I think it's a solid option to go to Tony Finau, even though he doesn't win. If you could get top 10 Tony Finau at $8,400, it's, it's pretty much a gimme. Scotty Scheffler. Tommy Fleetwood are the last two I want to mention. Um, Scheffler is, I'm kind of like diving into this. And I, and I think there's going to be some correlation and connection between Texas players and the Open Championship in terms of Americans. So I've been looking into this and it, it's still just a, it's more of a pattern than anything else. You know, they wrestle with the wind down in Texas. So they know how to play that way. Scheffler's from there. So is Jordan Spieth. And, and, and look who's getting on the love. Jordan Spieth, Scheffler's coming in at least 10, 12, 14 points lower. So why not take a shot there? Uh, if you look at my aggregate model, Scheffler does finish 33rd, overall stat model 40th, and confidence model 26th, coming in at just $8,200. That's really cheap. It's really cheap for, for Scheffler. For a guy who probably with the weighted stats on this PGA Tour season ranks in the top 25. Last guy I'm going to mention though is Tommy Fleetwood. Fleetwood is coming in not the greatest form. Like 50th at the US Open, 35th at Palmetto, miscut, 14th at Wells Fargo. But now we're coming back to, to across the pond to see him putt, play in the wind, play in situations that he's used to. Hopefully we take advantage of it. Hopefully we get reduced ownership because of the recent poor form and that people are just have no interest in playing Tommy Fleetwood again. So, all right, going down and Justin Rose would be the last guy here at 8,000. We saw what he did opening round at the, at the Masters. We saw him, you know, just dominate all weekend until Sunday. He held in there as long as he could. Justin Rose could do it again this weekend. Absolutely. Fits this course very well. According to Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric, ranks in the top 10. In terms of my confidence model, though, he's sneaking in just below the top 50. But let's be a little bit of word of caution. Has not looked good recently. So just be aware of that. Next is the 7K range. And this will round out the birdie or better range. And we are looking at Minwood Lee, Russell Henley, Ricky Fowler, Daniel Berger, Sergio Garcia, and Matthew Fitzpatrick. 
Fitzpatrick always dominates in these hard courses. This is what his game is geared up for. We don't play Fitzpatrick on empty courses because he always fails to come through. But here, most definitely got to lock him up. Got to love Fitzy as a play. Sergio Garcia, impeccable record here at the Open Championship. Again, living in Texas now permanently. Very well, very well used to the win. Daniel Berger, okay? Another option here. 20th in Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric. In my overall stat model, number 10. In my confidence model, number 10. My aggregate model, number 9. Here's a little nugget, though, about Daniel Berger at the Open Championship. One made cut out of three attempts. The cut he made, 2017, where he finished in 27th place. I think this is a good time to hop back on to Ricky Fowler. Now, the last time we saw Ricky, he was like 20% owned. Ricky Fowler now is $7,300 coming in at sub 5%. All right, sub 5%. This is a guy who in the last four rounds, and I know it's not a lot, it's one tournament, it is, is dominating my overall stat matrix. 35th. Historically, we, we've seen success here at the Open Championship. Five of five straight made cuts. Why? Because he has all those intangibles that help him. These are wide fairways that he can run the ball up to the green on the par threes. Distance isn't going to matter as much. Ricky Fowler's in play, especially at $7,300. I'm going to take pieces of that. All right. Meanwhile, Lee won the Scottish Open. Okay. He won it. And he's $7,200. And it doesn't seem like anyone is considering him. Nobody. 1.25% ownership. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me that it's that low? Come on, man. That's insane to me. He won his three-player playoff. He edged out Fitzy and Thomas Dietrich to get into the Open Championship. How could you not consider him this weekend? How could you not? The guy just won the Scottish Open. I told you the stat about playing the guys from the Scottish Open. I don't care that it's back-to-back. The guy's coming in at 7,200. He could finish top 15 and he pays off. You absolutely have to consider him in this range. Uh... Other guy, last guy I'm going to mention here in the 7K range, Henrik Stenson. Henrik Stenson is just an open championship course horse, so make sure that you get him and get him rolling in your lineups. All right, so that'll do it for the Birdie or Better segment. The question is, who can we not play this weekend? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 How no? Can't do it. So this is the cut line signature segment. Can't do it, won't do it. The guys who are double-digit ownership that we can not play this weekend. First of all, I know everyone's going to think, oh, I'm throwing Jordan Spieth on that list. I'm not. He is not a can't do it for me. And I really want to try to figure out how to get Spieth in the lineups and get unique. 
I think he is a solid play this weekend, but still at 25% ownership, that is a tough pill to swallow. But the guy I'm going to add to the can't do it list, Shane Lowry, 7,900 coming in at about 12% ownership. Even that's too high. I get it. Won the open last year. Absolutely did. Smashed it, cashed it, came out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming. I don't know who saw it coming. People bet him, obviously, and they saw it coming. But I get why everyone's playing him. He's coming into pretty decent form, especially in my rolling stat models. And what we've seen in the past, and he's coming home, so the guy came off an open championship win the last time we saw him here. Why not? Why not play it again? But the fact is, the last major, 65th, following a, a sixth at the Memorial and the fourth at the PGA Championship. So while we were riding him when he was hot, I'm not going to go back to him here. I get why people are hoping that that form kind of returns. But here's the thing. he he At the U.S. Open, it was the putter that was the problem. And then he lost strokes off the tee. So it'll be curious to see what happens here with Lowry this weekend. All right, next guy that we're going to mention in terms of our can't-do-its, Terrell Hatton at 15 16% ownership. He is the type of guy we do like to, to roster because he plays strong against, you know, really good golfing fields. My problem with Hatton, and, and he's a great GPP play, but I think you can get different elsewhere, is, you know, he's got miscut, fifth place miscut, 51st and 6th. So, so we're already getting volatility in terms of like his course history and things of that nature, but it's 16% Hatton is just a little bit too much ownership for me to take advantage of. He's coming off the miscut the U.S. Open after a second at Palmetto, and we know Palmetto is a joke, so we really shouldn't count it. But 38th at PGA, 39th at RBC Heritage, missed the cut to players. The last time he top 10 November at the Houston Open. So I get the play here. I know why people want to go back to Terrell Hatton. I can't do it. I'm not jumping on board with that ownership. Can't do it. And then the last guy that I'm going to mention here in terms of can't do it, and that's Victor Hovland. Um, I don't really have the sense of like numbers-wise why I don't, but he has been struggling as of late. Like in my approach model, he, he ranks... 20th in the last 12, he ranks 20th in the last 8, he ranks 39th in the last 4, so he, he's kind of struggling recently, so those are my can't-do-its, let's, uh, let's break down that 6k range, the MGs. <laughs> Martin Pillar, he is a monster, he is a monster, miscut, miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> A monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. This is the MG Monsters and Guarantee, where the cut line will look at the 6K range and look at players it thinks and guarantees and promises, not really, can get into the top 25 or better. So in this 6K range, there are three golfers that I really like. The first being Kevin Streelman, the second Bradley, and the last one, Herbert. So these guys all come at the top 6,800. Um, 
Not really looking to get anywhere else and get crazy here. I know we look at certain players that might fit this course well. Uh, a guy who comes to name is like someone like Mike Lorenzo Vera. Um, he's an option here at, at 6,600. I just don't know if he can top 25 here. But looking at Strillman, Strillman, you know, figures in the top 14 in my overall stat model. Keegan Bradley, he ranks number three. Lucas Herbert does not pop stat-wise, but again, he is someone I'm going to consider this weekend. Simply because of the fact that if you look at his recent form, it's trending in the right direction. So we'll, we'll we'll take some shots on him. Not someone necessarily that I'm going to jump on, but still, nevertheless, we are going to take some sh- uh, some shots. And of course, Anton Rosner, another guy that I like for this weekend's tournament, might have some pieces of him. But looking at this, you know, this range. Chris Kirk comes to mind. He seems to be underpriced at 6400 He's a guy that I would play. Um, but that's it. I'm, I'm not going to be playing too much Stars and Scrubs anyway, but these are viable options and viable candidates to top 25 or better at this year's Open Championship. Let's take it home. Let's go. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the Cut Lines Breakdown of the Open Championship. Join us next week as we break down the 3M Championship, the PGA Tour. But that's it. Special shout out to Fanshare Sports. Make sure that you guys are checking out CutlineGolf.com. And of course, this show cannot be done without the loyal support of our listeners. So thank you so much for your time. Sunday Fun Day. Go and get them. Crush it. Let's go.